we'll read from the word today. We'll read Genesis chapter 2, 1, 2, 3. Follow that up with Exodus 20, 8 through 11. We'll start with Genesis chapter 2, verse 1 through 3. Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work and that, that he had done in creation. Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. Exodus 20, verse 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a day, is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in the six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Again, so the kids are released, if they've not released already. <laughs> Morning, everybody. How are you doing? Glad to see everybody. Today we are talking about the fourth, the fourth commandment. Uh, and it is to keep the Sabbath day holy. So as we're, we're walking through the Ten Commandments, so far we've had three negative commands, right? Remember, the Ten Commands are all about what does it look like? It's not how can we be saved. It's, okay, God's already saved us. Now, what does it look like for us since he saved us, since we are his people? What does it look like now for us to walk with him and live in a way that shows the nations around us who he is and allows us to experience his, his blessing too. And so far, God's told us three things not to do, right? He's told us three things not to do. He's told us don't worship any other gods. He's told us to not make an image or a statue when we worship God. He's also told us to not take his name in vain, to not, you know, like we said last week, don't burn the fries. And so, so far, like I said, we've three things not to do. Well, this week, God's going to tell us something that he wants us to do. Okay, he's going to give us a positive command. So, again, put yourself in God's, put yourself in God's shoes. If you were creating a people that was going to be your people and you're trying to organize these people, and you're talking about, the, should you give them some negative commands? What is the first thing that you're going to tell them to do? What's the first, if they say, okay, you know, I'm not doing the stuff you said not to do. What's the first thing when, you, when they say, what, what should I do? What are you going to tell them to do? What should I spend my time doing? What are you going to tell them? Well, if you're like Pharaoh, Remember the Israelites, they just came out of Egypt. They were slaves under Pharaoh. Pharaoh thought he was a god. If you're Pharaoh, what you would tell the people to do is to break their backs, 
building these monuments to your glory, to build storehouses and pyramids and, and palaces and stuff like that. That's what you tell them to do. If you were like the, the Canaanite gods, which is the place that the Israelites are heading towards, if you like the gods in the land of Canaan, it's likely that you would demand that your people sacrifice their children to you because that's something that happened a lot in the land of Canaan. So, so what's God gonna do? What's he going to ask of us? What's he going to require of us? Is he gonna say, give me all your money? You know, give me, you know, I need you to build this giant statue. Well, you said no statues, just giant monument of me. What's he gonna do? I think it says a lot about God that the first thing, again, we think so often, you know, why does God boss us around so much? Why is God always so mean, telling, giving us all these rules? The first positive thing he tells us people to do is to rest. He tells them to rest. And remember we said that as we're walking through Exodus, we're, we're trying to set aside our preconceived notions about who God is. You know, you might've grown up in a home where your parents were really maybe abusive, maybe really harsh and overbearing, maybe didn't give you any freedom. And, and if that's you, you're probably gonna tend to view God as being harsh and overbearing and strict and unloving too. If you grew up in a home where there were no rules and you know, you, you know, you're used to doing whatever the heck you wanna do, then you know, maybe you're gonna think, okay, God's gonna let me do whatever I wanna do too. He's not gonna tell me no ever. But what we say is we wanna set aside our assumptions and our preconceived notions about God's character, and we wanna look at what he says and what he does, and we're gonna see from that what God is like, right? What does it tell us about what God is like that the first thing, you know, his big, oppressive, you know, like controlling, manipulative, obviously I'm being sarcastic, command, is how I want you, guys, I want you to rest. What does that tell us? I think it tells us that he's good, right? Isn't God good? It tells us that God is good. You know, I love something that I heard from a preacher named Andy Stanley one time. I think he said this really well. He said, God doesn't want something from you. God wants something for you. Does that make sense? He says, God's not saying, hey, I want, your, I want your money, I want all this stuff. Like, yes, God requires us to sacrifice things. But God ultimately, at the end of the day, he doesn't want something from you. He wants something for you. He's not trying to take something away from you. He's trying to give something to you. And whenever he gives us a command, even a command that might seem like it's restrictive, it's actually because he's trying to get, he's, he's, it's a command for us. It's something he's trying to give to us. So, and Jesus talks about this in, for sake of time, I won't turn there because we've got a lot I want to cover, but in, in, Mark, in Mark chapter two. So Jesus actually talks a lot about the Sabbath. He has a lot of conflict with, that's one area where Jesus' teachings and the teachings of the religious leaders of the, at the time, that was a, a point of, of a lot of conflict. They would see Jesus healing on the Sabbath and they wouldn't be like, wow, it's awesome. Somebody's healed. They would say, well, you're not supposed to heal on the Sabbath. And, and Jesus, you know, he said, he said a lot of different things about the Sabbath, but one thing he says, which I think is the same thing, is that, you know, God's not trying to, God doesn't want something from you, he wants something for you. He said, Jesus says something really interesting. He says that the Sabbath 
that man was not made for the Sabbath. Okay, so God didn't make us to be Sabbath-keeping machines so he can look down and say, that's right, they're still under my thumb. Look, they're still, they're still keeping the Sabbath. That means I'm still in control. That's not, that's, not, that's not the point in the heart behind the Sabbath. Jesus says, man was not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. Does that make sense? So in other words, the Sabbath is not something that God wants from us. It's something that God wants for us. Okay, so two questions I think come up when we talk about the Sabbath and keeping the Sabbath and stuff like that. The first question is, and some of you might be thinking this right now as we're talking about this, is it a sin to work on Sunday? Anybody ever thought that before? Is it a sin to work on Sunday? You know, I don't, I mean, you know, you don't have to raise your hand, but I would guess there's some of you that, you know, maybe you are scheduled to go in the office this afternoon. Maybe you have to, maybe you have to make a delivery this afternoon. Maybe you're going to, you know, if you go home this afternoon and you, you respond, to, respond to a work email, like, oh, no, am I, am I sinning? Is it a sin to work on, on Sunday? That's the first question we're going to talk about. I want you to look with me at Colossians chapter 2. Let's look at Colossians chapter 2. So the Sabbath was a big deal. It was a big deal in the Ten Commandments. It was a big deal for the people of Israel. And it was a big deal when Jesus was on the earth in bodily form, and it was a big deal in the early church too. And so Jesus, he, he came and he said, he said, like I said, he said lots of things about the Sabbath. In Mark two, Jesus says that Sabbath, that the man was man was not made for the Sabbath. Sabbath was made for man. He also says that he is the Lord of the Sabbath, which is another one of those things. If you don't think Jesus ever claims to be God, <laughs> then you don't understand what that means. He is the Lord of the Sabbath. And Jesus also, in Matthew chapter 11, he looks out at all of the people and he sees that they're tired. He sees they're tired emotionally. He sees that they're anxious. He sees that they're tired physically. And one of the reasons they were tired is because people had started, people had forgotten that the Sabbath is not something God wants from us, it's something he wants for us. And instead of saying, hey, how can we rest and enjoy God's creation and enjoy God and be a blessing to each other one day a week, they had this long list of rules and you, know, you, can't, you can pick up something that's this heavy, but you can't pick up something that's that heavy on the Sabbath. That would have been really interesting if there was a weightlifting culture. Everybody's, everybody's doing burnouts that day. <laughs> um, they said you can walk you know, this far, but you can't walk past that distance. And they had all these different rules and Jesus, and Jesus looks out at all these people, and they're just so stressed out. They're like, oh, my gosh, did I break a rule today? And Jesus looks out at them, and he, and he, said, he sees the people that they're harassed and helpless without, like sheep without a shepherd. And he says, if anybody is weary and heavy laden, then you can come to me, and I will give you rest. And so Jesus says, he is the Lord of the Sabbath. He says, come to me, and I will give you rest. So in other words, Jesus says, you need more than just not working one day a week to have true rest. You need me. I'm the one that can truly give you rest. Now, after Jesus, after Jesus was, died, was crucified for our sins and rose from the dead, he rose from the dead on, on which day? Does anybody know? On 
on a Sunday, which is the reason, this is kind of a church trivia thing, that, you know, why do we meet, why is the church historically in the habit of worshiping on a Sunday? It's because Sunday, the whole point of of worship is celebrating the resurrection of of Christ, and Jesus rose from the dead on, on, on a Sunday. And so for the Jewish people, they always rested on the seventh day, which is the sixth day. Sunday's the first day of the week, Saturday's the, the seventh day of the week. So they always rested on the sixth day. But after the resurrection, the resurrection just changed everything for them. It so transformed their lives and their worldview and their paradigm, the way they saw everything, that you had Jewish Christians who had been brought up, you better, you know, you, like, Saturday's the day. You had Jewish Christians who they stopped worshiping or going to synagogue on Saturday and they started worshiping with fellow Christians on Sunday. And, and that created some, some controversy because for some of the Jews, they're like, well, yeah, but we still have to rest on Saturday. Saturday's still the Sabbath. And for some of the, the Gentile, the non-Jewish Christians, they're like, hey, we don't know anything about a Sabbath. All we know is we love Jesus. We, we believe in Jesus. I don't know about y'all's crazy traditions, but you know, it, it, well, don't push that on us. And so there was controversy. And so Paul says, Paul says in Colossians chapter 2, Colossians chapter 2, verse 16, he's talking about this. It's really interesting what he says. He says, therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in regards to to questions of food or drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. He says, these are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Okay, so what does this mean? So there's people that think, some people think um, Saturday is the day you should rest, Saturday is the Sabbath. Some people think that, well, Sunday should be the Sabbath. And some people, if you read Romans 14, some people thought, hey, aren't we supposed to just worship God every day? Isn't all of our time for God? And, and what Paul says is, hey, guys, you just need to get along. And in Romans 14, he even says, let everybody be convinced in his own mind. And so what he's saying here is that the point is not judging each other, like, well, you didn't, you know, you worked on Saturday or, or, or you worked on Sunday or your worship service is on Saturday night or your worship service is on Thursday night. That's not the point. It said that these are all a shadow of the things to come, but the substance of, of all these things, the thing that all of them are pointing towards is Christ, right? And so basically what Paul is saying is that and he, he puts the Sabbath in the same category as these other things. He says questions of food or drink or with regard to a festival like the Passover, like the, the Feast of Booths, all the different Jewish feasts or a new moon or a, a Sabbath. And so he's saying, don't judge each other about these things. All these things are shadows. But, but all that, what they're supposed to do is to point you towards Jesus. All of the kosher laws are supposed to show us what it, they're supposed to show us and point us to Christ so that we can become pure and we can become holy and righteous in, in Christ. The sacrificial system, the point is not sacrificing animals. The point is that helping us to understand that Jesus has taken away our sin once and for all. And in the same way, just like we don't have to be, we're not obligated to be circumcised anymore. We're not, not obligated to not eat sausage, thank goodness. Um, we're not obligated also to, to, to take one full 24-hour period to, to not work. 
that this is an area of, of Christian freedom. And it goes back to what Jesus was saying, that man was not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. The Sabbath is something that God wants for us, not something that he wants from us, okay? So that's the first question. Is it a sin to work on Sunday? And my, my answer is gonna be, and I believe this is, this is something that some Christians will disagree about, but I believe it's pretty clear in scripture when you look at this passage and Romans 14 and other passages too, that, that no, it's not necessarily a sin to, to work on, on Sunday or, or Saturday for that matter. But the second question I wanna, I wanna ask, and this is really a question for all of, all of you, all of, all of us. You know, Jesus, Jesus says to, Jesus looks at the people when he's on the earth in bodily form. And he says, if anybody is tired, if anybody's weary, then come to me and I will give you rest. I'll give you rest for your soul, he says. Well, here's my question to you today, just to, to think about, are you, are you tired? Do you, are you experiencing right now, are you experiencing rest in your soul? Are you experiencing peace in your soul? Are you experiencing every day, I'm following Jesus, I'm trusting in Jesus, Jesus is leading me, I'm obeying Jesus, Jesus is using me, but... I'm not worried. I'm not worried that something's gonna fail because I know Jesus is in control. Are you experiencing that type of rest? Or do you feel like lots of the people back in the first century felt, and like I often feel sometimes, which is you're, you're weary and you're weighed down with all these expectations. You're, you feel the crushing weight of the pressure of trying to perform or trying to provide or something like that. Which of those would you say? If you had to say, I, are you weary and heavy laden or are you experiencing deep rest in your soul? And you know, this, sometimes we think about this like, okay, we have a season where you have little kids and you're just weary and heavy laden and then you retire and then you have rest for your soul. But that's not the point because you know, some of it, it's possible when you have little kids running around, I believe it's possible, it's hard to believe for me sometimes, it's possible to experience rest in your soul because it doesn't come from me, it comes from Jesus. And it's also possible, and I would guess a lot of you could attest to this, even after you retire and you get to do whatever you want all day, it's possible to still be eaten up with anxiety and worry and stress and all that type of stuff, right? So it's not about life stage, it's about, it's about Jesus. So if you, if you would say that you have, that you're not experiencing rest in your soul, what I wanna talk about for the rest of our time is how can we experience the Sabbath rest, not just keep the Sabbath rule, how can we experience the Sabbath rest that Jesus promises to give to each one of us that comes to him, okay? And, you know, I've said several times, no, it's not, it's not about, oh, you worked on Sunday, you're going to hell, <laughs> or you're a JV Christian now. It's not about that. But if you're experiencing that kind of helter-skelter, you know, I'm, I feel like my mind's going, I'm working even when I'm not working, even when I try to take some time off, I can't really take some time off. It's always in the back of my head. 
whether you're a, whether you're a, you know, you're in the midst of your career and you're, you've really got a lot of pressure with work. Maybe you're a, a high school student or you're a college student and it's sports and it's clubs and it's friends and it's schoolwork and it's all this type of stuff and your, your part-time job and, and whatever, or whether you're retired and you have a lot of freedom with how you kind of allocate your time. I think that one, if we really want to experience the rest that God, that Jesus promises us, a great way to do that is to keep a regular Sabbath day, to take a regular Sabbath day. Again, not something God wants from us, it's something he wants for us. It's a gift he wants to give us. So, okay, let me give you five, if you're feeling tired and you want to experience God's deep soul rest, let me give you five ways to keep a Sabbath day. These are things that I've been putting into practice in my life recently, and I, I think this is, this is really beneficial. So number one, pick a day. Pick a day. It, it doesn't have to be Sunday. You know, Sunday is a day that makes a lot of sense because most people don't have to go into the office on Sunday. Um, you know, we, we are already gathering here for worship, and so for a lot of people, it works really well just to take the rest of the day as, as your Sabbath day after you get back from, from church. So, you know, Sunday is a day that makes a lot of sense. It doesn't have to be Sunday. Obviously, for me, it's um, Sunday's a work day, so, so for my family, our Sabbath day is, is Wednesday. So we, we, we're in a rhythm now where we're taking a Sabbath day every, every Wednesday. And, but I just encourage you to pick a day. It, it, don't... Yeah, just to, to choose a day and have it be a consistent day every single week. Because God, when he created, in the passage that Daniel read earlier from Genesis 2, God creates the world, and he creates the world to function on a seven-day cycle. Right? This is, this is part of, this is a design feature of the universe that God engineered. Okay, this is, this is woven into the fabric of of the universe, that human beings are designed to function best on a seven-day cycle where we work for six days and then we rest for one day. And you could say, well, I mean, you know, do, do I have to? Look, it's not, again, this is something God wants for you, not from you, okay? But in the same way that if you're supposed to change your oil in your car like every 3,000 miles, and you say, well, I mean, it's not really convenient to change. It's, it's been, you know, 3,500 miles, but... I, I, it's just not convenient. I've got a lot of stuff going on. I'm too busy to change the oil. They say, I, I'll try to push it to 6,000 miles. Well, I mean, you can do that for a while, but it's going to catch up to you, <laughs> right? And I think in the same way, I mean, again, this isn't about, oh, you're going to hell if you don't blank, or, you know, you're a, you've been demoted to the JV team if you do blank. It, it's about this is the way life was made to function best, is working six days and resting one day. So number one, choose a day and have it be a consistent day. Number two, stop working. Just stop working. The Hebrew word in the original language for Sabbath is the word Shabbat. And it literally means to stop. <laughs> like I'm, I'm walking and then I've stopped walking. Like I was, I was walking, I'm working, and then I'm I Sabbaths, right? So it, it means to you, you're working and then you stop working. So just stop working. <laughs> and, and this sounds really simple, but all of us probably know it's it's not 
really simple? Is, is it just to, to stop working? When we have our phones with us, you know, we have, you can work from home, so it's not, work isn't necessarily tied to one space. It's easy just to continually be working even when we try to rest. But, but just, just stop, and here, here's the key, is that if you, sometimes we'll think, okay, well, I've got, I've got a lot going on this week, but when I get to, if I can just get over this hump, you know, when I get to a good stopping point, then I'll take a rest. And the problem is that that never comes because for a lot of reasons, but for, for many of us today in, in 2021, this is a, it's uniquely difficult for us to take a rest because how many of you have jobs where you clock in, clock out, and then you don't have to think about them at all after you clock out? Does anybody? There's something nice about that, right? But most of us have jobs. And I was talking to, to Eric Dinger and he was saying, well, I'm working on this like five-year project. If you're working on a five-year project or if you're trying to build something that's like a long-term goal, if your goal is like, hey, I'm in college, but I wanna be a doctor in eight years. <laughs> like, you, you're never gonna get to a good stopping point, <laughs> right? So that's the whole point that God doesn't tell the people, hey, gather some food, and when you feel like you have enough food, then rest. No, he says, every week at this time, you stop. And you're not at a good stopping point, and that's the point. <laughs> you just have to stop. You just have to stop working. And when I say stop working, I mean really stop working. The Sabbath day was not meant to be a teacher work day. <laughs> you know what a teacher work day is? Where it's like, it's a little bit less chaotic because the kids aren't in the classroom, but the teacher is kind of busy working away, trying to lesson plan and trying to get ready for, the Sabbath is not a day to try to catch up or get ahead or plan for the future. The Sabbath is a day to just stop. Now, obviously, if, you know, I'm taking my Sabbath, if it's Wednesday, and, you know, then Paul calls me and says, Ryan, I'm in a burning building. I need you to save me right now. <laughs> I'm not gonna say, well, Paul, it's my Sabbath day, <laughs> right? So obviously things are gonna come up if like, if there's a health emergency, if there's, if there's something that, this, you know, an emergency, of course I'm gonna drop whatever I do and then get Paul out of the burning building in that very strange analogy. Um, so obviously there's things that are emergencies that we're gonna drop whatever we do and, and go do it, like when Jesus heals people, but, but just, just stop working. Number three. So number one, pick a day. Number two, stop working. Number three, think about others. Think about other people. Look back at Exodus 25, or sorry, Exodus 20, chapter, or verse 10. Exodus 20, verse 10. So this is the passage that Daniel read on the, the fourth commandment to keep the Sabbath. Look at what it says in verse 10. It says, but the seventh day is holy to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or, or your livestock or even the sojourner who is within your gates. So what is he saying? A lot of times when we work, we work by forcing others to work. i sorry, we rest by forcing others to work, right? So he's saying that this, the Sabbath is not just you stop working, and let your servants or your, you know, your wife or your kids or whoever just keep on serving. No, it's everybody's supposed to rest. The whole household's supposed to rest. 
So for me, as I've been thinking about taking Sabbaths, and, and as, as my wife Lindsay and I have been talking and praying about this, one thing that comes up a lot is that I realized, you know, sometimes I was resting, but I would rest by leaving the house <laughs> and leaving the kids with Lindsay. <laughs> and if she ever got a chance to rest, which she usually didn't, because that's, I mean, that's, unfortunately, that's the way it happens a lot in, in our house, and we're trying to figure out how to, how to change that. If she ever got a chance to rest, then, then she would be outside the house and I would be with the kids and it would be like, okay, my turn to rest, your turn to rest. And we can never rest together. And I encourage you to try to find a way to rest together as a family. If you're an employer, if you have people that report to you, then I think it's not only your responsibility to be regularly resting yourself, but also helping the people that report to you, if you have control over their schedule, helping them have a chance to rest too. Okay, so number three, think about others. And we'll talk about more how to do that, how we've kind of worked that out as a family uh, in, in a second. Number four, rem- number four is, is to remember. Number four, remember. Okay, wh- what happens when you try to take a Sabbath, when you try to give your mind a break, what, what immediately happens is you're just flooded with all these thoughts. Like, oh my gosh, you know, that email I never responded to and that, that meeting I've got to prepare for and oh, I forgot to renew the, the thing and, you know, oh, like, am I going to have enough money for, for, for this? And, and immediately, like, our brains, you know, our brains just aren't used to not, ha- we're not used to resting. And so whenever we try to rest, we immediately just get bombarded with all these things. Go do this, go think about this, go worry about this, go figure this out. And when, when God tells us to remember what he's telling us to do is to be intentional with our thoughts. Okay, when you try to rest, your, your, your thoughts, your heart's just gonna wanna lead you, lead you around by the nose and get you to still keep worrying and keep, keep working mentally. And God's saying to remember, to be intentional about directing your mind to, to, to different things. Well, what are we supposed to direct our mind to? Well, in, in Exodus 20, the first time God gives a Sabbath, he says, remember the Sabbath. And then in verse 11, he says, for in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth and the sea and all that was in it. And then he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. So the first thing we're supposed to remember on the Sabbath is that we are not God. That we are not God. Okay, typically, if I'm on a typical day and you know, I'm eating lunch and I get that thought, or I get an idea for a sermon or something like that, or I, I realize, oh, I need to email this person about this. Well, I'm gonna, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna get out my phone. I'm gonna start, get out my calendar. I'm gonna figure out when I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna communicate with Lindsay. I'm gonna write down ideas, stuff like that. Or maybe I'm even gonna pray. I'm gonna say, oh God, please help this person. They really need your help. Help me to know what to do. But on Wednesday, on my Sabbath day, again, if it's not an emergency, I'll pray something a lot more simple. I'll pray something like, God, I just need you to take care of that. I'm, I'm, you're God and I'm not God. I'm just gonna trust that if that needs to happen, you're gonna provide it. I trust, I'm just gonna trust that if that is so important that I need to do it, that you're going to bring it to my mind tomorrow. I'm just, I just say, God, I need you to take care of that. And you might be thinking, well, but if I do that, then this is gonna fall apart and then all these problems are gonna happen. And, and again, we have to remember that we're not God. 
And when we feel like we're God, we can never take a break because we have to keep everything going by the power of our worrying, which is ridiculous, right? But when we realize God's God, I'm not God. He's the provider, I'm the receiver, then we can rest. Second thing, in Deuteronomy 5, so the second time that God gives the Sabbath command to his people, it's the exact same command except the first, the first time he gives it, he says, you should keep the Sabbath, you don't, don't work on the seventh day because God created the world in the six days, on the seventh day he rested. The second time he gives the, the command for the Sabbath in the second version of the Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy chapter five, he says, keep the Sabbath, you know, don't work, don't let anybody in your household work because you will remember that you used to be slaves in Egypt. But then the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. So the first thing we're supposed to remember on the Sabbath, we're supposed to consciously direct our thoughts towards is that we're not God. The second thing that we're supposed to consciously remember and direct our thoughts towards is that we're not slaves. Because sometimes what will happen when we're, trying to, when we're trying to rest, we just get bombarded with these thoughts like, oh, but if I, if I, we can just feel different things, different goals, different aspirations, different dreams kind of slipping away. Like, oh, but if I, if I don't do this today, I'm never gonna make enough money to buy that. Oh, but if I, you know, if I rest like this, what if I, what if I never get that promotion? What if I'm never able to achieve blank? And what we do when, when it's, that thing's trying to crack the whip on us. And what we do when we rest, we say, hey, I'm not a slave to buying that new car. I'm not a slave to that promotion. If I'm in, if I'm where I am right now for the rest of my career, God is good and he's gonna help me be content. I'm not a slave to achieving that thing. That would be nice, but I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna let that go. I'll work on it tomorrow. So remember that we're not God, that we remember that also that we're not slaves. So finally, what do we do? Number five in the band, y'all can, can come on up. Do something that refreshes you. What should you do on the Sabbath? You do something that refreshes you. Now, I really recommend that as part of this, that you just say, we're not having any devices. No internet, no TV, no phones, no Apple Watch, and that you just turn all that stuff off. Do something that refreshes you. When was the last time that you spent multiple hours on social media on your phone, and then after you finished, you're like, man, I feel great. That was such a good use of time. I'm so glad that I looked at all those different ideas for things I'm never gonna make on Pinterest, <laughs> right? When was the last time you did that? No, it's, it's not refreshing. It's not bad, but it's not refreshing. So in our house, what we've done, so on Wednesday, we just say all day on Wednesday, no phones. You know, we're not gonna watch any TV. We're not gonna listen to music. For me, a big thing is podcasts. I'm always listening to podcasts. I say no podcasts on Wednesday, not because it's bad. I'm just taking a break. Um, no TV, no movies, no, no computer, nothing like that. So to, to try to really get away from that stuff and detox from that stuff, 
and also, I just encourage you, when I talk about do things that refresh you, mix it up a little bit. If you are typically sitting at your desk all day and getting kind of the desk neck, then go outside and take a walk, all right? Don't kill yourself trying to run a triathlon or something, but go, go take a walk, go exercise, go lift weights, go, go to the Y, something like that. But if you, you know, if your job is, is construction, if you're working with your hands, if you're, if you're working physically every single day, then maybe you just take a nap. But do something that refreshes you, and especially I encourage you to mix up your, to mix up your routine. So the final thing I wanna say is, some of you would be thinking what I would be thinking, which is, that must be nice in 10 years when my kids are not in diapers. <laughs> And one thing that we've done at our house that's really been helpful is, so for our Sabbath day on Wednesday, usually in the morning, we'll, we'll take the girls and put them in, in childcare in the Y, which that's, that's been a huge blessing. And then Lindsay and I will go and, and work out and, and talk and, and kind of relax a little bit. And then we'll get them out at around, at around 11. And for the rest of the day, we have what we call entertain yourself day called Entertain Yourself Day. And I have a six-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old. So they are not good at sitting still. And what we tell them is, we're, you know, don't ask us. We're not going to watch anything today. You, you're not going to look at mommy and daddy's phone. Today, you can play with whatever you want. You can play by yourself. You can look at a book by yourself. You can play with something with your sister. You can play with a toy upstairs. You can play with a toy downstairs. But mommy and daddy, we're not going to build a fort with you. We're not gonna read a book with you. We're not gonna play a game with you. You know, six days, we'll, we'll do that. But, but today, we're, we're taking a break. And we want you to take a break too. And that didn't go over very well at first. For the first, it took about, the first 15 minutes were, were miserable when we tried to do that. Um, the first time we, we took the Sabbath day on Wednesday, it was like, oh, but we want this, and you know, get us this, and we want, why can't you do this with us? This is boring, this is terrible, all this type of stuff. After about 15 minutes, they were literally all in different parts of the house, contently playing and entertaining themselves. And it wasn't perfect, and you know, your kids, that might, that's worked for our family, it might not work for your family, I'm not saying that, that it's the same for everybody, but, but we, it, it's worked for us. And we have found, we've gotten to the end of the day, and we feel rested and they feel rested and we've enjoyed resting together as a family. So that's kind of what it's looked like for us. What's it gonna look like for you? I encourage you to take a few minutes today with your spouse, with your kids, with a friend, with your wife group and say, first of all, am I experiencing rest or am I experiencing this kind of helter-skelter anxiety weariness? And if so, what does it look like for me, for us to take a Sabbath day together, okay? Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you promised to give us rest. And I pray that you would help us to receive it. We love you, Father. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.